Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7 of the podcast. We're heading into February as I record this, and my little part of the world is gray and brown. My husband always says that winter doesn't have much to recommend it in the South, and sadly, I think I'm going to have to agree with him. I honestly think that the lack of sunshine all around plays a role in February being a pretty big month for homeschool burnout. So I like to be proactive and try to take some steps to cut burnout off before it can happen. Do a little putting on of the oxygen mask, so to speak. So my own Homeschool Moms book club here in town will be holding a Jane Austen movie night this month. Now, this was an idea inspired by Trisha Hodges of the HodgePodge blog. We will be enjoying a fancy potluck dinner and watching Pride and Prejudice. Yes, the new version. Hey, don't judge. It is going to be a blast. And then next month, we plan to revive our homeschooling spirits with a reading of For the Children's Sake by Susan Schaefer Macaulay. Now, we're doing this just because so many of the podcast guests here have spoken so highly of the book. And it's been a number of years since I've read it. So the girls in the book club were game to give it a read as well. So all of that to encourage you to do a little something for yourself this month, whether it's February when you hear this or any other time. Take some time out to read an encouraging book, some helpful blog posts, or listen to audio that inspires you in your homeschooling journey. I'll hook you up with a few great suggestions in the show notes. In the meantime, I'm hoping that this episode fills that role for you too. Today, I'm chatting with Mary Prather, author of the Squilt Music Appreciation Curriculum and homeschool mom encourager extraordinaire. We chat about how flip-flops and feather boas can make a boy happy, and exactly what you have to do to get breakfast in the Prather household. This was a fun one, so sit back and enjoy the ride. Mary Prather is a homeschooling mom of two and the author of Squilt, Super Quiet, Uninterrupted Listening Time, a music appreciation curriculum for elementary ages. A former elementary school teacher, she has returned to the roots of education by homeschooling her children classically in central Georgia. Mary endeavors to inspire and encourage all homeschooling moms through her blog, Homegrown Learners, and her popular Collage Friday link-up. Mary, welcome to the show today. Hi, Pam. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Well, could you start off by telling me a little bit about your family? Sure. I have been married to my husband, Hal, for 18 years, and he is an IT consultant. And I have two children. My oldest, Anna, is 13, and she's in eighth grade. And my son, Grant, is nine, and he's in the fourth grade. And we have been homeschooling for, I need to count them up, (laughs) six years. (laughs) Wow, six years. So you have not homeschooled the entire time? No, I haven't. With my son, I have. He's never been to school, but Anna went to school up until the middle of third grade. So tell me a little bit about what led you to homeschooling. Well, it was something that we had been thinking about for probably two to three years before we started. And I think third grade in public school seems to be that pivotal time where I could just see that they were trying to even all of the kids out. 
and put them all on the same playing field. And I just spent most of that year frustrated. I volunteered a lot in her class. And finally, my husband and I just decided that we could do it better ourselves. Right. And so it was Thanksgiving break of her third grade year that we just emptied out her desk and never looked back. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I remember from my time teaching as well that, you know, third grade seemed to be when all of the um, pressure on the testing and things really started. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So you weren't teaching at that time anymore. No, I had stopped teaching in the classroom right after Anna was born, but I was still, you know, very involved. I was on the PTA and I volunteered a lot and I was still very much a public school advocate until it just kind of really stopped working for my daughter. Right. Well, great. And so you've been homeschooling for six years now. So ever since third grade for your daughter, and then your son's been home the entire time. Well, let me ask you a question. If you were to take a look at your homeschool day, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to start with something really easy and ask you a multiple choice question. Your homeschool day is most like which literary classic? A, The Odyssey, B, Little Women, C, Swiss Family Robinson, or D, Lord of the Flies? Mm. Do you have an E, all of the above? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Because it depends on which day you're going to come into our homeschool and actually, you know, which year you're going to be there. Because I'm finding that once I have everything all set, then it just, it changes up on me again. (laughs) The best laid plans. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I could definitely see that because mine changes from day to day. Mm -hmm. Just when you think you've got it figured out, you have to punt or do something new or they grow and get bigger and do something different and you have to figure it all out again. Right. I mean, ideally, I would like it to be like little women all the time, (laughs) but it doesn't always turn out that way. Now, How would your son feel about that? Yeah, I don't know. He's probably just (laughs) too busy hiding in a corner playing Legos. He probably wouldn't care. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, here's your next question. If you are walking down the aisle of a homeschool convention vendor hall and you turn Mm -hmm. the corner and you run into the younger version of yourself, what would Mm -hmm. you tell her? I think I would probably tell her to put back all the books that she's gotten in her bag. (laughs) And I actually probably would tell her to leave the convention. (laughs) Really? Because, yes, I think I confused myself in the beginning with so many options. I remember going to a big convention. And while it was helpful to me in many ways, I gained a lot of encouragement. It also confused me about which method I wanted to try and which homeschool curriculum we wanted to start with. And so I guess a younger version of myself, I would probably say put everything back. Just start with the very basics you know, do math, read out loud a lot to your kids, just have fun with them, go on field trips. Those would be the biggest messages for myself. (laughs) Oh, that's great advice. You know, especially when your kids are young and you have the luxury of doing that. I think that's one of the things we don't, you know, my kids are younger than yours. And that was one of the things I didn't realize when they were younger is that that was when we had the time and the luxury to go do all of those things. Right. You know, I've been seeing in the past two years, seventh and eighth grade, we cannot have the 
freedom out of our house that we always used to because we have so many things that we need to accomplish, homeschool. So I'm glad that I had a few wise friends that really just told me, hey, relax, just let them wonder and let them be creative and just have fun with them when they're little. Good. Well, if you were stranded on a deserted island, what three things, and you can only take three, what three things do you take with you to homeschool? Oh, three things. Well, I guess first off, I would probably take our Bible because that's how we start every day. I would probably also take, well, this is a hard one. I would probably take my MacBook, uh, provided we had an internet connection. (laughs) Is there Wi-Fi on this deserted island? (laughs) Yes. And then, you know, I would have to say I would take a big tub of Legos so I could keep my son busy. Right. (laughs) I have a feeling your house is a lot like mine. The Legos come out when it's time to read aloud or time to review memory work or any of those things where the hands need to stay busy so the mind can stay focused. That's precisely right. Right. I love it. Bible, MacBook, Legos. There we go. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. Well, what homeschooling book? If you could choose one book, see, I'm being really mean here because I'm limiting your answers. What homeschooling book would you say has had the greatest influence on you as a homeschooler? I think probably Educating the Wholehearted Child by Sally and Clay Clarkson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the beginning, I read all of Charlotte Mason's, you know, homeschool volumes. And those really kind of convinced me to start homeschooling. But then, as I'd been homeschooling a couple of years, somebody gave me a copy of Educating the Wholehearted Child, and that just gave me so many wise instructions as far as schedule, discipline, books to read aloud. You know, it just it spoke to the whole child, and I still pick it up every summer and read that book. Yeah, I think one of the things I liked best about that book is it was full of very practical advice. I think they even had sample schedules in there. Yes. And, you know, I used a couple of them. Yes. You know, for somebody who likes that kind of thing, it's a lot of detail, but very encouraging as well. Right. Now, do you have the new edition or do you have an old loved one of the older editions? Because there were quite a few changes between the two. I think I have the most current edition because I've looked at it and when I have friends that start homeschooling, I give the same exact book Oh, that's to awesome. my friends that are starting to homeschool. So I think I have the most current one. That's a great gift. So that's <laughs> really wonderful. Well, what do you think is one of the biggest challenges that you face as a homeschooler? Well, I would say right now, for me, it is homeschooling a teen while I'm also homeschooling an elementary child. Because, and I know a lot of moms deal with this same thing, but my teenager is very independent and I'm trying, you know, to teach her to be even more independent. Right. But my son needs me a lot more and I'm a lot more hands-on with him. So sometimes I find that positioning between the two of them is tough for me because at heart, I'm really very comfortable with teaching younger children. So learning how to give an older child the freedom mm-hmm. that they need has been difficult for me. Yeah, and it's a guided freedom. You know, it, it's a very fine line. When I taught, I taught middle school and high school. And, you know, it's, 
<laughs> I enjoyed them. I really did. I'm struggling with my younger kids over here. But yeah, there's a definite line, you know, because they do still need a lot of guidance, but they also need that freedom. So I could see where that would be something that would, you know, really give you a challenge on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, and I'm micromanager. And so mm. I can't micromanage my oldest. That doesn't go over well. So um, I'm learning a lot about my personality mm-hmm. in the process. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think one of the greatest homeschooling is just an excellent tool of self-reflection for the mother. <laughs> you get to see all yeah. of your weaknesses and, you know, all of the places where you need to grow as a person. Mm-hmm. through the, mm-hmm. the work you do with your kids. So I sometimes think I learn more than what they do. So I have a, a friend who tells me that our children are holy sandpaper. Yes. <laughs> and I just love that. <laughs> yes, I agree. Well, let, fill in the blank for me. If my grown child blank, I will have succeeded as a homeschooling mom. Hmm. Okay. Well, if my grown child homeschools her own children, <laughs> um, <laughs> That would kind of be my funny answer, I guess. I would love for her to homeschool her own children. But I think if she grows up and pursues her passion, mm. and I, she's a very compassionate person. And so if she, you know, follows her dream of helping other people, then I will think that I succeeded. Awesome. Okay, I'm going to go easy on you now. Okay. Favorite family read aloud ever? Oh, goodness. Gosh, that's difficult. You know, I actually think it was The Hobbit. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was either The Hobbit. Yeah, no, it's just, it's The Hobbit, hands down, because I remember my son, a pair of flip-flops that we had cut apart a feather boa, and we we wrapped them around his (laughs) flip-flops so he could have hairy toes, like The Hobbit. That's awesome. (laughs) And he would always wear those shoes when we read aloud. (laughs) That's my kind of homeschool craft right there. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Awesome. My little hobbits are very into second breakfast around here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like they're always hungry. Um, It's 2 a.m. and you are lying in bed awake. What is it Mm -hmm. that's keeping you up? Ah, what's keeping me up? You know, these days, what's keeping me up is in working on this music appreciation curriculum that I write, I wake up a in the middle of the night thinking of different pieces <laughs> <laughs> that I want to use and hearing them in my head. So currently, because I'm trying to get out like the last volume in this four volume series, that's what's keeping me up. <laughs> so it's the music in your head. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great segue. So tell me a little bit about Squilt. You know, I love the name because it includes the words super quiet and uninterrupted and listening. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. awesome name. But how would Squilt help a musically clueless mom like myself? Mm. Well, since we do educate classically, I believe real strongly in teaching people the grammar of music. And so that's what we do in the beginning of every Squilt volume is we go over the very basic grammar of music and that vocabulary. And you as a mom are learning it with your children too. Then for each piece that we listen to, and they're never more than three or four minutes, you get a chance to use that grammar 
with your children. And it's basically almost scripted. Mm. You know, I will say you're listening for these dynamics or you're listening for this tempo. And so I help you guide your children in listening to great pieces of music so they can appreciate the music, but so that they can also talk about it using the appropriate music grammar, if you will. That's awesome because, you know, I could sit and listen to pretty music with my kids all day long, but knowing what to ask them about it, you know, same kind of thing with a a picture study or something, you know, knowing what to ask them about, that's where I fall short. So the fact that you would give me the tools to do that, that's nice. Right. Well, and then as they go on and listen to just other pieces that they might hear on the radio or, you know, on television, wherever they are they can start to pull out those things then for themselves. Right. And that's really the goal. You know, we teach them the grammar and then eventually they're learning to apply it themselves. Right. Well, quickly, you said there were four (laughs) volumes. Tell me about the four volumes. They're divided by musical era. So we start with Baroque and then we move into classical and then romantic. And those three are done right now. And I'm working on the fourth, which is modern era. Yeah, and there's so much in that. I might even have to subdivide it <laughs> into like modern era, you know, volume 1A or something 1B because right. there's so many pieces. And I also have out a Christmas carols volume too. Yes. So, yeah. Very nice. You know, one of the things I love about Homegrown Learners and your Facebook page, you're awesome about this on your Facebook page, is that you really have a heart for encouragement for homeschooling mm-hmm. moms. And why is it so important to you to be that encourager? Well, I think it's really important for me because when I was first starting, I had probably uh, probably about three moms that were very, very encouraging to me. I mean, would take hours and just, you know, sit down with me and then they would keep checking in on me. And Sometimes I hear stories, particularly on my Facebook page, where moms will say they don't have any other homeschooling friends Mm. or they live, you know, out in the middle of nowhere and they can't be part of a homeschooling group. And I think how lonely and difficult that would be. Right. And I just, I like people anyways. I always like to be talking to people. I like to have a lot of friends. So it kind of comes naturally for me that I like to make relationships with people. Right. Well, I love the fact that you're paying it forward you know, from the support and encouragement that you got as a new homeschooling mom, and then you're turning around Mm. and giving that back. So I love it. You're always very encouraging to me. So. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Well, and even sometimes on days when you're, when it's hard to be encouraging, if you can encourage somebody else, that makes your own situation seem not quite so desperate. Yes. On that particular day. (laughs) Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And that's one of the great ways that social media can kind of be the village well for those of Mm -hmm. us who stay home is that, you know, we can turn around and help somebody else, make our day better, reach out to someone. It really does help, I think. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I have a pop quiz for you. Okay. Perfectly painless series of questions. (laughs) And all you have to do is choose one of the two answers that I give you. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) coffee or tea coffee Mm. a little bit country or a little bit rock and roll oh rock and roll well-trained mind or unschoolers anonymous well-trained mind (laughs) 
Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Craft or read aloud? Read aloud. Lap book or workbook? Lap book. Co-op or stay home? Co-op. Bed made or unmade? Bed made. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that one was coming. (laughs) Yes, that's like my big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us the rule in the Prather household. Well, you cannot come downstairs and have your breakfast unless your bed is made. I love that rule. (laughs) No, it's an awesome rule. (laughs) I'm a bed made girl myself. Bookmark or dog ear? Bookmark. Yeah, I kind of figured that with the bed made. And sonnet or haiku? Hmm, haiku. Ah, interesting. Mm -hmm. And that was it. That's all there was to it. Okay. Oh, that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) I told you it was painless. Oh, yeah. Well, Mary, thank you so much for joining me here today. I really appreciate it. You are welcome. And I just wish you the best. And I look forward to seeing you in February. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. And there you have it. I link to Mary's blog, Homegrown Learners, and her vibrant Facebook community, along with all the books and links we talked about in the show notes at edsnapshots.com forward slash seven. There you can also leave a comment or a question for Mary or for me. And to be sure you don't miss a single episode of the program, you can subscribe via iTunes or by email at homeschoolsnapshotspodcast.com. I hope you join us for the next episode, and until then, keep on homeschooling.